Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. Hello, Bitch Talkers. We are sitting live in a room at the Ritz doing an in-person interview. It's been like a year and a half, I think, um, with the director of Respect, the movie about Aretha Franklin, uh, Liesl Tommy. Thank you so much for being on Bitch Talk. Erin, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Pleasure to be here, to be speaking in person about and, a movie. Yeah, I'm not on a Zoom call. Um, it's interesting and weird, but lovely. Um, this is a really full story about Aretha's childhood. Um, and you're covering mental health, you're covering well-being, you're covering toxic masculinity, you're covering alcohol abuse and rape. Um, I wanna know how y'all got the green light to even go there in this film. And the second part of this question is, can we talk about Sky Dakota Turner? <laughs> That's probably gonna fill up our whole 15 minutes, but <laughs> I mean, it's it's a lot and super emotional, so. Um, if we can go there. Sky, Deco I'll start with Sky. Yeah. Because Sky Dakota Turner plays little Aretha. And, you know, as you can imagine, it was quite a search to find the unicorn that can could sing like Aretha, could right. sing as a child. Because, you know, everybody talked about when I did the research that as a four-year-old, a five-year-old, they knew that she was uh, a genius, mm -hmm. a musical genius. Um. So you not you can't only find somebody who can sing. You need someone who actually has musicianship, who has a you know has a vocal point of view, and we found her. Um, she's you know a, a church girl from Texas, but she also <laughs> was on Broadway. Um, you know, doing her first Broadway show when when we auditioned her. So, you know, people were starting to understand how special she was. Um, but it, you know, she could also act. It's not just about the voice. And that was what I, you know, I needed. So I feel very lucky that we got, we found her. Total package. Uh-huh. Total package. Yeah. And then in terms of, um, you know, when I pitched the film to the studio, um, I knew I had to go in there strong because I had never directed a movie before. And it's, studios are risk averse. Mm -hmm. And, you know, hiring a woman, hiring a black woman, mm -hmm. uh, hiring a black woman who's never directed a movie before <laughs> to direct, check, check, check. Their, yeah. <laughs> you know, the Aretha Franklin story. I mean, I think you could just like tattoo long shot on my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew I had to go in there like, you know, mm. um, and make it undeniable. Mm. And so I pitched this idea that the movie should start in childhood in the church mm -hmm. and finish when she was in her early 30s in the church. Um, and I, I felt the, how I pitched it was I said the tagline for this movie is how does the woman with the most brilliant voice on the planet mm -hmm. not know what her voice is? Mm. And, you know, I talked about some of the things that I wanted to cover in that journey. I don't like birth to death biopics. Um, I feel like they get rushed. I yes. feel like they just, you know, it's like I can read the Wikipedia page. Thank you very much. Right. Or it's an episodic. Totally. You know, you're just like <laughs> trying to get it all in there. And I was much more interested in actually making a film about a woman who happened to be called Aretha Franklin, you know, so that you could just, you could connect. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, you know, I had a clear through line and a time period and I knew the songs. Um, 
And the question I also posed was, what does it actually mean to be the queen of soul? What is soul? Um, uh, what is what is it in her life that made her able to sing like that? Because mm-hmm. millions of people have beautiful voices, but only she could bring the emotionality that she brought to her songs. So there was going to be some deep unpacking of mm-hmm. her life. And mm-hmm. so that was what we did. And you are not wrong to ask that question. There were many times where um, certain things were on the chopping block, but I fought for them because I feel like we are in a time where this is this we know, we understand how many women have gone through this mm-hmm. um and the truth is is that i was surrounded you know by male white male studio heads and producers um you know and the, and while they were very supportive um you know i was very aware that even a few years ago a movie like this a big studio film like this would have been written and directed by white men and Correct. i personally am tired of <laughs> white men telling me as a black woman what my life is. Mm -hmm. And so I was just going to fight for um, authenticity and truth and the black female gaze in this film. Um, And I did. And um, I think Aretha Franklin was with me every single day because I, I, there were a lot of battles that I won um, because I just didn't relent. Yeah. And as an audience member and a fan, you hear you hear about her younger life, but you didn't you don't know what really happened. Mm -hmm. So thank you for pushing for that and telling that story. Um, The other story that I loved that you uh, dove into was Muscle Shoals. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of obsessed with that documentary. I've watched it a few times. So I knew that that storyline. But man, you went there. Can you talk about that? Because I was like, thank you, because people don't know. Yeah. I also love that documentary. So I love good. all kinds of music documentaries. Um, you can see the my love for them in the film because yes, there's a I lot did. of referencing to them, yeah. you know. Um, but Muscle Shoals to me was just such a fascinating, um, there was so much, you know, fascinating contradictions and tensions, you know, in terms of it being in this tiny town in Alabama, yes. all the musicians were white, where people are still living under the worst of Jim Crow. Um, you know, there are some of these towns in America that, you know, you think nothing has changed. Mm-hmm. You think that we're still living, uh, you know, under mm-hmm. in Jim Crow era. And so it was, it, for me, it was interesting to, to just show um, the reality of that, but also how music and art can unify people. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and also, again, wh- like myself, she was surrounded by by men. Right. In, you know, all along in her career and, you know, finding her voice, finding her, her, her a place where she could, you know, feel free to express herself. And, you know, all of that in the midst of all of these guys jockeying for position um, is something that I felt very connected to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. White and black. Yeah. But, and you know, the in like between being the only woman in a room um you know is it, it when when art is being made is really intense mm-hmm. you know and like we, we take it for granted because it happens to us all the time but it requires um it costs us mm-hmm. um so martin luther king dies tragically and i didn't know the amount of like her life being a part of his and vice versa um and I, I found it really uh, emotional when you used, I'm assuming that's the B-roll, some of the B-roll from the funeral. Can you talk about that choice in the, in the middle of the film? 
Yes, I mean, I, I, there are certain, you know, kind of iconic American moments, like when Kennedy was assassinated mm-hmm. and when Martin Luther King was assassinated, that we've seen a, quite a lot on film. And I didn't want it to feel like, oh, yeah, we're seeing this thing again. And so I really kind of spent a long time contemplating how do we make it feel like it's just happening? You know, how do we really convey the devastation that that, um, that his death uh, wrought in the black community? And so that's why I, I ultimately decided to um, put the faces of real people really grieving you know, and that's that's where that decision came from. It was powerful. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that was a moment. Um, I'll switch gears a little bit. Hair and makeup and costuming. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. I loved it. I thought maybe I should wear heels to this <laughs> interview. I do have sparkly heels, maybe. But can you talk about all of the costuming and, and all of it? Hair, makeup. It was beautiful. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, okay, so I always knew that I wanted to make a fashion movie. I am mm-hmm. a, f- a fashion girl. I, I do like what you're wearing. Thank today, you. By the way. In South Africa, I used to like find fashion magazines, you know, and just like flip through them. I don't know. I just, I, I love, um, architecture, design, um, and uh, Ina Mayhew, who is the production designer, you know, I I thought her, where she ultimately, you know, took us in terms of, um, you know, interiors, all of the design, all the furniture, all the wallpaper, all of that, um, as well as the hair, makeup, and clothing had to be pristine. And I had a vision for the film I I wanted, I watched a lot of... um, classic films with my grandma back okay. in South Africa. And she loved like Grace Kelly. She loved oh. that. And I, I just thought, oh, there, there's so few images of women of color looking glamorous in period clothing. Mm-hmm. Usually they're on the struggle bus in a movie. You know what I right. mean? And so it was really important to me to kind of like recreate that glamour and give and just populate all these beautiful black people with um, – beautiful clothes, beautiful furniture, um, beautiful hair and makeup. And, you know, and I, I said to, to Stevie, the makeup artist, Stevie, I said, I don't, Jennifer has beautiful skin and there's a strange trend in film and television where just everybody's, every all women's skin is just caked with makeup. Right. And I, I was like, I just don't want that. And she, Aretha Franklin, did not wear a lot of makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, you could see her skin. And, I, I, and so, I, you know, that stuff I really care about, those details I really care about. I think it's, I think it's empowering for women to see themselves looking beautiful and not being slathered in 10 layers of makeup and highlighting. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. I mean, that is it leopard print caftan or what is it? Leopard print caftan. Chiffon. (laughs) I was like, yes, please. Maybe I'm going to wear that to my wedding. Um, (laughs) I encourage. Yes. I, that was, it was, uh, yeah, I loved it. Um, Okay. So Chris Bowers has been on our show. Um, We had him on earlier this year um, to talk about, a concerto is a conversation, which that short film, yes, I mean, incredible. we've watched it a few times. Can you talk about his involvement in the film? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, so here's the thing about this film. She was a genius. We know that. Mm-hmm. She didn't only have a brilliant voice. She was, a, you know, a concert level pianist. She also um, was a gifted musician. Yeah. And so for me, as in terms of the aesthetic of the of music in this film, 
you can see from some of the choices I made in terms of like the non Aretha Franklin songs that I've put in the mm-hmm. film that I was I wanted top tier musicians on her level to populate the film. I was like, who would she be listening to? Who would she really be into and intrigued by? Um, and to me, Chris Bowers is a musician that is um, incredibly sophisticated, incredibly mm-hmm. gifted technically, but also has such emotionality in his compositions like she did. So for me, it felt very um, organic and, uh, and appropriate, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, last question, because I grew up uh, in a household where we listened to Smokey Robinson a lot. Like I've seen him. I can't tell you how many times Amazing. my mom oh my loves Smokey. And actually, once I got to work with him and it was awesome. So can we talk about is it Lodrick or Lodrick? Lodrick. Lodrick uh, D. Collins as Smokey. As soon as he walked up in that party scene and started talking, I was like, oh, he's Smokey. He is perfect. Smokey. I know. Not easy. No, not at all. Not easy. That to, voice is not easy. The voice is not easy, but also, you know, what he was able to do is, um, in a, and he worked closely with our our dialect coach, coach Tom Jones, who I've worked with for decades in theater. And not uh, the singer. I uh, know. <laughs> Tom Jones worked. <laughs> yes. You know, he was. Uh, we, he, we were, he worked with Jennifer. He worked with Marlon. Wow. He worked with you know everybody in terms of like getting that, um, you know, that period dialect, that period sound, um, and. Lodrick was just, he was tireless in finding the placement. And, you know, we did have some moments where we would, you know, he would do a line and he'd look at me and goes, that was too high. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like a... I know. And then we would like have to just like, you know, find it in his voice. But the thing that he was able to do is just make it seem like it was really natural and that it was, you know, that it was him. It was. was. awesome. It was. I knew who he was right when he walked up. So... Liesl Tommy, thank you so much. The film's respect and um, many more to come, I hope, for you and your projects. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Our thanks again to Liesl Tommy for spending time with us. And be sure to check out Respect, starring Jennifer Hudson as Aretha Franklin in theaters now. You can link up to Liesl and get more info on the movie in our show notes. Be sure to join us on Wednesday when we chat with Abby Ginsberg, director of the documentary Barbara Lee Speaking Truth to Power. Thanks for listening. See you then. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions. Go to